Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hi, everyone. This is the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Charles Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Today, we're welcoming Nikki Brown, Matthew Duffin, Ray Carpenter, and Chase Monaghan from the pop-up restaurant Catalyst. These four people have over 25 years combined in the restaurant industry and have worked at a wide variety of establishments. We discuss what led them to create this dining experience, what we can see coming from them in the months to come. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy our conversation with Chase Monaghan, Nikki Brown, Ray Carpenter, and Matt Duff- Matthew Duffin. Join me here, and uh, I want to learn more about what Catalyst is. But first, let's learn more who all you guys are. Can we start with Mr. Duffin here? Uh, Matt Duffin, uh, been on the podcast before. Uh, yeah. Chef in St. Louis right now. I'm currently working at Reed's American Table as a line cook uh, while working on the Catalyst side project, and um, also working on the brewing thing. And just took over the beer program at Reed's American Table. So. I'm a man of many talents, many hats, and uh, it's just been a pleasure to bring all these talents together. So. Uh, Ray Carpenter, I've been a chef in town for a long time. Uh, oh, oh, in case you can't hear me, my name's Ray Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been in town for like a hot minute, so at this point, I just wanted to have some fun, and uh, we'll just keep it moving right now. Uh, my name is Nikki Brown. I am the manager at Small Batch Restaurant. Uh, I met Matt a few Matt Duffin a few years ago. A big, huge fan of his cooking, and looking forward to working with them on this project. Uh, Chase Monahan here. Um, been a cook in St. Louis for a while now as well. Um, just finished up an externship at Smith and the Loyalist up in Chicago, uh, working under John Shields. Um, been back in St. Louis since February, working at Reed's. Matt Duffin as well, and uh, yeah, now we're all we're all here and uh, doing this catalyst. Cool. So tell me, guys, what exactly is catalyst? Who wants to jump first? <laughs> all right. So I guess it'll be me because the whole thing come came from me wanting to just talk, think about doing pop up stuff like that, so I can have fun with my cooking again. Um, the basic thing for me when it comes to what I what the idea for me at Catalyst is. It's just to have fun and to be, and to just have fun cooking it again. Like, like if you don't if you don't have fun cooking, you should be cooking. I don't care what you're doing. At the end of the day, I've been doing it a long, long time. And if you don't have any fun, then you need to figure out what it is that's not fun about it and, and change that so it becomes fun. Because I don't care who you are, everyone hits a wall at some point in their career about what they're gonna do or who they think they are as a chef. Or now you got Instagram, so everyone's a chef in two years. So. Um, but uh, yeah, just have fun. Just have fun with it. So, like, what do you guys consider fun while cooking? What excites you about it? Well, see, that's that's the thing is, I want something. Okay, so I guess when I look at food, I look at it like, if I go out to eat, I want to have an experience. Like, anyone can just go get food wherever, dude. We all got those restaurants. We all got those bars. Whatever that is, right? So for me, it is like, if you came to a restaurant that was mine, what would I want to serve, and how would I want to serve the food? 
So really the food becomes an extension of us as chefs. Um, and the experience we want to purvey through that, through different sensory experiences, you know, run the gamut. I mean, you got every chef out there, everyone knows who they are. They've all done everything or keep doing new things. So, <laughs> so for any of us to come up with something that's like just out of this world is like, it's only because we already had all, our, all these predecessors who did all this stuff for us. But just to have fun with it, not to be over pretentious, to, to understand like the fine dining doesn't have to be pretentious or doesn't have to be so expensive you can't afford it or it doesn't have to be a lot of things. I think, I, you know, a long time, you know, a few years back, I was talking about maybe fine dining is dying. It wasn't dying, it was going through a resurgence of defining what it is for modern. Because it's not about suit and ties anymore. It's not about that super stuffy ambiance. You know, sometimes you can have two, two things on a, on a plate and as long as it's right, it's right. You can't be mad about it. It works or it doesn't. How you present it, how clean you are. You know, the knowledge of your staff. Again, it's just an extension of who we are as chefs, at least from my perspective. It's taken me a long time to learn that. Um, so for me, it's what I want to extend my hospitality. But I want you to have fun, and I want it to be inspiring for you as well, not just another restaurant to go to. Uh, I think for me, Catalyst is um, a chance to work with Ray again. You know, I re met Ray probably five years ago. And, you know, whenever I describe Ray to people, I, I say that... You, you know, if you're a chess player, raise the guy who changes your perception of the game. So I've been playing chess, AKA cooking differently ever since I worked with Ray. It hasn't worked out a lot in the past, but we've always maintained a friendship. We've always gotten together and cook. So this is a chance for us to do it for other people and not just, and again, it's fun. And what's fun for me is um, between everybody sitting at this table, I am like the common thread. So for me, it's, it's having fun with my friends. Like I've worked in all these restaurants and I've been doing really cool and really awesome food but with people who aren't into it, people who don't get it, maybe it's above their skill set, so I gotta tone it back a little bit. This is a chance for me to push my, my limits and to show people what I really can do, as well as prove it to myself, because you know, in St. Louis, there's not a lot of restaurants that are doing this or they don't succeed, they don't last very long, so uh, the ability for us to do it as a pop-up on the side makes it feasible. We don't have to worry about hitting an overhead. It keeps it fun. We're not putting the stress of trying to pay the bills with something that isn't for everyone. It's like we can hit a target audience, feed just that, and and keep it kind of loose while at the same time like showing people what is the cutting edge of culinary talents as well as service industry, which is why we brought Nikki in and to, you know, like it's not going to be stuffy, but everybody's going to be there completely unnoticed. You're never you're never going to be without silverware. You're never going to be without the, the, the proper glassware, any of that. So it's going to be a level of service that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. Um, and again, for me, the, the fun part is doing this with all my friends and, and, and being able to do it with people who really get it and really enjoy it. And hopefully that is the experience that the guest gets, you know. So that's what, yeah. yeah, and that's what... Matt makes a really good point. I think it's the chemistry between the team that we already have. I think it's very strong. Um, this isn't supposed to be ultra pretentious, but we are pushing. This is us doing all that we can uh, to provide something that's unique to St. Louis and it's something that, you know, hopefully the dinners that come from it are, uh, you know, we can all learn or take something from it. So, yeah, we're all very excited. I'm just looking forward to working with all of these fantastic chefs and getting to, like what they were saying, like make it non-pretentious, but I 
the food that's com going to come out of this is going to be amazing. And my job is going to be to make sure everyone's super comfortable and that the flow of service is what it needs to be. It's where no one's feeling rushed. The chefs are all going to be helping with serving, uh, make it, making it very interactive for the guests uh, that are fortunate enough to dine with us. So is there not going to be a serving staff? I missed the question. Oh, is there not going to be a serving staff? Uh, we will have a serving staff. Uh, I will be handpicking uh, those people. Uh, we will keep it fairly small um, until the dinners get bigger and bigger because we do intend on doing more than one of these. So, in other words, the chefs will actually be coming out and talking with people and engaging with them? Uh, for, per, per course, the chef will come out and present. Uh, we, my, the servers will be in charge of handing out the plates, as will the chefs, but the chefs will be talking to the guests about what they're serving, what they're about to eat. And as well as delivering the food, you know, the service, the service, it's not like where you have a server who watches over your table. You have a service team who handles everything. And, and that's, that's the thing. That's a part of the, 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 the dinner, too, is kind of like breaking down the barriers between the front of the house and the back of the house. Like a restaurant is a family. So essentially, we're, we're beginning our family and we're growing it. And some of us, it's our responsibility as the back of the house. Some of us are drawn towards that. That's fine but we're not going to draw a line in the sand and say this is front of the house, this is back of the house. If, this, if, if we need help, you know, picking herbs or picking flowers, like there's gonna be, and if front of the house person is free, like they're gonna be doing that. So they're gonna, you know, it's, again, it's just about extending our love of food and the dining experience to that guest. Yeah. So how do you all meet Matt Duffin? I guess, I guess. I guess it'd be me, I guess. I guess we'll go with me. He came into a restaurant wanting a job, and uh, I'll ask him what he wanted out of cooking. Uh, oh, every, all bullshit aside, he just wanted to be a better cook, you know, have more knowledge, um, feel comfortable and confident in what he does. Um, the one thing, the only thing I ever told Matt was like, you know, yeah, this, yeah, that, blah, 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 everyone promised everything, but I'll make you look at food different. And that was all I told him. And he thought it was a pretty bold statement. It was funny. <laughs> thought it was a pretty bold statement. I, th I did. I thought it had a lot of balls behind it, but it, like, it's true. Like, it completely, it, it was a paradigm shift. You know what I mean? I saw food is one thing, and then there was a complete shift in what I saw could, food could be. You know? So it's not lying. Um, yeah, that's what it's been ever since. Can I be honest? Okay, Matt and I met on Tinder. <laughs> and, and then just ended up like getting becoming really great friends afterwards even roommates um and it was awesome when he lives with with when we lived together he cooks for me all the time and i think i gained about 20 pounds but but yeah that's too, i was just being straight up tinder <laughs> Beat that chase. Uh, well, <laughs> 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 that's perfectly all right. I understand. Oh, that's weird because we met on Grinder. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, Matt, Matt Duff and we were cooking together at Longhorn Steakhouse, believe it or not, um, like eight years ago. Yeah. When was that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we both came back in Florida. Yeah, which is weird because, yeah, we were both down in Florida at the same time. You were at what? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I was in. Orlando, but yeah. Uh, I love ready. that flows filet. That's really good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The uh, we met there, um, and then from there we all just 
we branched out, worked at different restaurants, different chefs around town. Uh, but we always kept in contact with each other, always, you know, kind of bounced ideas off. Uh, I helped him do a dinner for uh, Stray Rescue. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just... Today's the five-year anniversary of that, too, actually. It really? popped up on Facebook, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that was a fun time. Our three-year yeah. anniversary of friendship popped up on Facebook today. I know. Random. Random. It's huh. <laughs> a lot of stuff popping up on Facebook. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> there's a guy on the outside of here like, that's a lot of stuff on Facebook today. Facebook's working, people. Facebook's working. Facebook's working. Uh, yeah, the cool thing about me and Chase, you know, is like I said, we met, and it's like I just needed a job real fast. I was back in St. Louis without a car. I was like, you know what, I can grind this out. Um, we met, I left to go work on a farm for a little bit, came back, and Chase called me as I came in. I want to get serious about food. Chase was really into music and thinking about music as a career. And um, I couldn't hire him at the time, but I passed him along to somebody who became a good mutual friend of us both. He got some skills, and then he went to work for Mark Del Pietro, who's a chef that I worked for in the past. And that's immediate, that, when I knew that, that's when I was like, I definitely want to work. I can't wait to work with Chase in the future. Uh, a couple opportunities came up where maybe we could, and they didn't. And then when we both landed at Reed's post, uh, him at Smith and post me at Cardwell's we were both ready to keep pushing and like going in this direction and while Reed's is a fun place it's a great place it's my favorite place to go eat on my day off you know there's already a great chef there so there's and there's not a lot of ceiling room for us to keep to take things over so immediately like the idea of Catalyst when Ray was talking about doing a pop-up like I was just like this is it this is a chance for Chase and I to keep pushing you know Chase and I've been working on you know, Koji and inoculations, and then we got Ray in on it because it's like, why not give this dude with this great skill set and this great culinary mind a new tool to work with? And um, that's when it just like it became a thing. And then I think Nick, Nikki just flowed in naturally. It was like, well, we started talking about needing front of the house people, and I was like, well, one, Nikki's great about service, but like, you met her on Tinder again. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, actually, I Tinder messaged her like, "Hey, uh, can we make this a group thing? Can you call some friends? Because um, we're trying to have a party." And uh, so, no, yeah, no. Nikki Brown just like completely fell in line, and I was like, and with her experience with Dinner Lab in the past and doing pop-ups, like, like who better to staff it? Who, who's more well liked in the front of the house in the industry? Like, Nikki knows everyone. So, I mean from um, you know a managerial and I guess you know a standpoint and thinking like an owner like of course you want a Nikki Brown and it is the fr- your front of the house face because you want to be well liked you want to be well received from the jump so um, yeah it just worked out so I, I'm really happy with this <laughs> no I mean I feel like I'm completely using your niceness and like it's, it's almost <laughs> like it's really to our benefit that you're here and thank you for agreeing to do this. So, uh, Ray, what's your first start in like the whole career, your career of cooking? Oh, I started at this place called Madison's Cafe that's not around anymore. I don't know, it might be in like off Highway K in uh, O'Fallon maybe. I don't know. But uh, the other one I worked at is not around. It's been around for a long time. Um, but it was fun. It was like a way different world back then. And, you know, I started off as a dishwasher, so, you know, I got to see all sides of it. And I still wash dishes now, you know. Um, like any chef to tell you that you don't wash dishes, that's kind of a problem. Um, let's say it has to be your job, but at some point you might have to wash the dish. It's okay. <laughs> it's not going to kill you. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just fell in love with it then. Chase, how did you get started? Uh, well, I started off in, at CJ Muggs, actually, in Webster. I grew up in Webster, so like pretty much all those restaurants around there. Uh, yeah, just kind of been all over the place, but 
really what Matt was saying earlier, you know, I didn't really get into food or like, you know, outside of just like, this is a line job or, you know, like when I actually started to pay attention to what food is, uh, what it can be, what you can do with it, also the lifestyle behind it, um, Matt really, you know, turned me on to what cooking could be. So, yeah, from there it was like working corporate gigs to working at Mosaic, you know, Brian Layton was the mutual friend that Matt and I both know now, but yeah, he's the one who hooked me up with him, and uh, you know, ever since then it's just been going up, and then just decided to go to school just to get you know the piece of paper, but also the connections. And it, once again, fortunately for me, you know, going through that program um, at Hickey College, they allowed me to go to uh, Smith, which is that two Michelin star up in Chicago, and John Shields really. You know, taught me a lot in terms of you know how service should be and everything that's expected and everything that is it's everything that just is incorporated with it you know it just brings it all together comes full circle I started at, I can actually say the name of the restaurant now because I was not old enough to have been drinking there I was at majestic uh, when I was about 18 and I got approached by the owner and he was like, are you old enough to be, to, to wait tables or bar? And I was like, he's like, are you, are you at least 18? And I said, yeah. And he was like, do you want a job? And so I got a job. At, I turned 21 at that bar too, uh, that I had been drinking at for three years before then. Uh, but the kickstart to my career, I, I would say, was when I got hired um, on at Herbie's and Ted Kilgore was heading up um, the program because he was still at Monarch. And so I stayed at Herbie's for about a year and a half and then went to Taste and Brasserie, uh, keeping with his bar program. Uh, and so naturally when Planner's House opened, I went with them and decided to go into management um, just because it seemed like the next step, like share my knowledge. Uh, so I've been a small batch for about three years now and love my staff and I'm looking forward though to this project because as M Matt mentioned I did work with Dinner Lab when Dinner Lab was a thing and I loved doing it and I had no problems using the connections that I already have uh, to help staff the events so hopefully same for this. <laughs> so have you all seen the uh, St. Louis food scene change over the past years? I mean, I, I, I was born in it, as we were saying earlier. To quote, I nearly adopted the St. Louis food scene. I was born in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Batman. I, I, I grew up in it, so I've seen it go from small mom and pops to you know when it was the, the suit and tie and and fine dining. That was the idea of what fine dining was and white tablecloths and to. Now it's an Instagram thing, and when I was in high school, nobody my age wanted to cook, and now everybody my age thinks that restaurants are cool. It's It's been a weird thing. Like, I can remember, you know, when the Food Network came on and just changed everybody's perception of what a chef could be because, uh, you know, now it's now people think that being a chef is being a rock star. Like Ray said, everybody's a, a, on, with Instagram, everybody's a chef in two years, but it's not true. It's a lifelong process. Like you can put chef in your title, that doesn't make you one. You can put on a chef's coat, it doesn't make you a chef. You know, a chef is about a mentality, and it's also about a discipline. Um, it's it's about this is who I am. Like yeah, I can cook fancy stuff, but it's more about 
I'm willing to make the sacrifices. I'm willing to put in the long hours. I'm willing to go unnoticed for 10 years. Um, and so I've seen less of, like I said, the discipline and more of the look what I can do. Um, and that's fine, you know, everybody deserves their 15 minutes under the sun. Like I'm, I'm finally throwing my hat in the ring for that. Um, but all in all, I think it's better because the general public is becoming more aware of what food is, what an art it is, to how much work really goes into it. So it's not just a, oh, this is a job until you get a real job. Like the perception of it being a real job has gone up. Now I would like the perception of the pay of it being a real job to go up. Um, so, you know, and benefits. And benefits, all of it, you know. So, yeah. um, all in all, I would like to say it's gotten better, especially the St. Louis food scene, because there are more casual, high-end casual dining, and that's where the gap is kind of filled. You know, in the past it was like a lot of like quick, you know, like... 999 dinner special plates and you had to run you know specials and coupons throughout the week to get people in if you were casual dining and then fine dining was well without of the range for most people so when you take a place like where chase and i work at at reeds where it's somewhere in the middle and you're seeing more and more places like that pop up i think that makes it easier for the people who break into the restaurant you know who broke into the diners and the bars they're breaking in now at these casual dining places that take service and food seriously without the stress of fine dining. But they, they become aware that everything we do comes from the high perch of fine dining. You know, so they have a goal to achieve and a goal to attain and a place to look for and look from for inspiration. Um, I just want to now be that fine dining place that inspires the rest of the chain on the way down. But you right? Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen it change over all the years. Um, the biggest thing for me at this point is I think there's a lot of good restaurants out there. I think there's a lot of um, good ideas, a lot of things popping up that I believe after a time people figured out it's what St. Louis likes. Um, but I also at the same time, the only downside is it's starting to become saturated with certain aspects to where we're all fighting for the same business. And, you know, if you open a restaurant and, you know, you may have worked at the nice restaurants that people know you from, but you're still gonna have to prove that you can like manage it and run it and stay on top of what you need to do financially. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you've done this thing, so you've seen restaurants open and close in a year. Like, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. I hate to see anybody go through that. You know, this is what I know. It's the only thing I know I've ever done. Um, so, I mean, I just want to see it not be so much saturated just with quality. And I think that's, that's something that, like, you know, is subjective to who you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm very much about, you know, it comes through with the chef on the food and, like, how it comes through, you know, whether you're feeling it or not. You know, and I think that's something that we all have to realize, you know. It's, it's again, it's, it's what we love to do, and if you don't love to do it, don't do it. I'm going to let the chefs handle. <laughs> I think they, you know, both of them covered pretty much all the bases. Um, only thing that I could add is, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent in St. Louis. Um, just like what Ray was saying, you know, it's almost becoming oversaturated, but at the same time, we shouldn't lose our quality over it. Um, 
probably one of the biggest things that I've noticed also is everyone just wants a title. Um, no one just, like, you don't hear anyone say, like, oh, I cook um, anymore, and which I take pride in. Um, yeah, I mean, straight up, like, that's fair to think back on that. Like, I never tell somebody I'm a chef. I just say I cook. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. I do, that's what I tell people, so I understand, yeah. Yeah, everyone wants to be sous chef or chef de cuisine at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Um, let your food speak for yourself. Like, that's all I got to say about it. Well, I've been hearing that it's very hard to find people in St. Louis right now. And uh, that's because so many different restaurants are popping up and it's really hard to staff. Um, that has to do with the saturation ex- aspect, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I see some of the top restaurants like on Facebook looking for, I need a dishwasher, I need a line cook. I have people contacting me. I don't have anyone left. Like, all of my friends have jobs. <laughs> I think that goes back to what Chase was saying too about everybody wanting a title. It's like, okay, this, you know, there's these people who want to open this place and the guy who should just be a really good line cook somewhere for two years and just take pride in the line cook job is now getting offered a sous chef job. And like, who's not gonna jump at a slightly higher salary and, and a title, you know what I mean? Because it's a career move. But is it the best career move? Is it the best move for your skill set? Not always. And that, like I said, it's just it, we used to be a small pond with a few big fish in it, and then those big fish started making waves, and then the pond got really big, and then they weren't. And and now there's, you know, all these small fish who are perceived as big fish, and it's it's not necessarily the case. You know, um, I've probably been guilty of getting a title before I was really deserving of one. So I'm not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers except to point three back at myself. I think it's just an overall, the state of the restaurant industry in this town. I think the, the harder we try, the more we're gonna see people coming up and coming into the business more serious and ready to work. At least that's what I hope, because I hate to think, I hate to hear all these people saying that millennials don't know how to work. It's like, no, maybe you just don't know how to train somebody. Maybe you just don't know how to talk to somebody. Maybe you just don't have the patience for being a manager because you probably made a bunch of mistakes along the way and and you just need to remember that when somebody is in your place making mistakes like oh no the next step the next level of learning is teaching i have to agree with that statement that uh, millennials are probably the hardest working people i know and the most practical too compared to the baby boomers and my own generation i'm generation x so you know we i was very impractical when i was their age oh no i mean i always had a work ethic because i grew up in this industry but i mean i was I wasn't as focused as people have to be in today's world because of, you know, there wasn't coming up, you know, I, I didn't have to think about getting out of school and paying a cell phone bill, an internet bill. There wasn't a bill for everything, you know what I mean? It was like gas, lights, rent. That was it, you know, like. And cigarettes cost like 75 cents for a pack. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I quit smoking because like I was going broke. Back in my day. I was going broke. <laughs> so. No, yeah, and, and and I think the thing is that, the, is that if you, millennials are passionate about what they want to do, and they do see that path to success. It's about us showing them that it's there's no shortcuts, you know what I mean? And and infusing work ethic and discipline, you know, it's like, no, nobody's going to get up and tell you to straighten your walking every day, or nobody's going to get up and tell you to do the detail cleaning, you know what I mean? It's not just about coming in and being the guy who does all the butchery or does all the plating, it's like... No, you gotta you gotta have a mind and an eye for everything and want to do it, 
And if you understand that with the passion that it takes to be great and the vision to get to where you want to be and you combine all of that, you can get there. But just saying that that's what you want to be doesn't make it make you it. And so that's the only difference, I think, in the, in the age gap is that, you know, people, people in before understood that they had to put the work in, whereas we live in an age of gratification. So everybody just wants to show up to work and get the title and the paycheck. Because, you know, I can order food on, on my phone and get it right now. I can, I can order things on a screen and get it right now. Not in this business. Chase? It seems like you had something. No. no. <laughs> I would say as a manager of a restaurant, I choose to hire the greener, the better. And that way I can train them and just teach them what I want them to know and to help them grow into positions and at small batch for instance I have hired hostesses who are now almost my lead servers like it's I, almost everyone at my restaurant is trained on uh, my bar program it's just so I don't knock millennials at all like I just think there are a lot of people who are older who feel entitlement uh, because they've been in this business longer, and I don't think that that's fair to the younger generation. I think you gotta be in the most quiet has two teenage boys in that age group. So. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Like, I don't know. Like, the thing for me with millennials is uh, I do a lot of reading and I do a lot of studying on like, uh, you know, how to work with people and stuff like that. In general, I have the last couple of years, so. There's a huge gap between just the mentalities from when I came up as a cook, the generations. I mean, you're talking like 20, 30 year gaps in generations between what we have to choose from now um, and what was back then. Something not everyone wanted to do was be a line cook, you know? Um, so for me, it's just how do you, the biggest thing for me is how do you, how do you get them to trust you? How do you get them to understand that you care about what's going on, but they've got to learn how to communicate with you about what's important to you. You know, like I've done a lot of things over the years of being a chef that's not always the best. And, you know, I grew up in a different time, but the thing that I can say now is that every everybody there is your team. And, it, you know, sometimes you shouldn't be part of that team. That's just what it is. You can't do nothing about it. Um, but if somebody that's on your team, you've got to be able to understand their, where they're coming from and who they are, and they've got to be able to trust you as a chef and understand that, like, you know, you're like, it's not just this, this asshole yelling at me or being a dick today. It's like, all right, so you got to understand the respect and the discipline aspect. But, I, but if, you, if you learn how to communicate with them and find out that something, something to them that's catastrophic is something happened on social media or something happened with this person. So we who didn't grow up with that and don't have that mentality to understand that. But how, you know, how can we help them get through it so they stay on track, so that they have their faith and trust in us as much as we want to have faith and trust in our teams, you know? So it, it, there's, a, there's a huge thing there, and that's, it, it's a real thing. It's nothing, you know, everyone's like, no, I don't do this, no, I don't do that. No, at the end of the day is we're all, we're all guilty for doing something, you know? But the biggest thing now is to figure out how to have that communication gap filled, because I think once it's filled, then you'll have better understanding of what you want from your team and they have a better understanding what you expect as their boss, you know. That might be my two cents on it, I guess. <laughs> cool.
So what are some of the places you guys like to eat or drink at or things you're excited about in St. Louis? I can go first. <laughs> uh, Chero is by far one of my favorite, favorite restaurants. Uh, Reed's, uh, even before either of these two started working there, I've been going there for quite some time. I was fortunate to work with uh, Matt Doade uh, when he worked at Niche. Uh, I was at uh, Taste when it was in Benton Park. So everyone was connected. Anyone who worked at Niche there cycled through the Taste kitchen. Kitchen, and I say that lightly because it was a, a sous vide and hot plates uh, behind the bar. Uh, but I did also recently eat at Olive and Oak, and I thought that that was pretty amazing. Uh, Vicia is doing a really great job. Um, just those are a couple of mine. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously Reed's was my favorite place to eat on my day off. Now I don't want to go there on my day off because I'm there all the time. And I get to taste the food firsthand and actually now it's like it kind of have impact on what goes on there. So uh, outside of that, I'm pretty simple when it goes out to eat. I don't like to go out to eat super fancy. Uh, Valenzana uh, in Cherokee. Like I can go just crush 10 tacos right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked it better when it was the shack. Oh. I think I, it, it got too big for its britches, and the menu's too big now, and... still great. Like, if I want tacos, I just go there. They have a euro on the menu. That's weird. But... <laughs> I'm just saying where I like to go. I'm just saying where I like to go eat. This isn't Sorry, this isn't what Nikki Brown likes. I'm going to name drop, frankly, sausages just because Bill Cawthon's a friend, and I also think that he's legit making the best, you know... Uh, it's delicious. It's the best stuffed meat in St. Louis. Yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give it its props. And it's fun. It's creative. It's not just like, you know, oh, here's a bratwurst or, uh, you know, here's the, it's, there's some thought put in it and you can tell that there's some culinary influence behind it. And I just look forward for when Bill expands and does show St. Louis what he can really do outside of sausages. Um, that was just a thing to get going on his own. Um, I like to hit breweries more than anything, so I'll just eat whatever. You know, you want to talk about talk to me about what breweries are my favorite? Let's go. You know what I mean? But I think that's what breweries are your favorite. Uh, top of the list, narrow gauge, second shift. I work next to side projects, so I spend way too much money there. Um, and there's there's four or five that I want to get to. You know, so I've been looking forward to getting over to Alpha and the Main and Mill out in St. Charles. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout someday for. Simple, simple pub food and beer made by me, all in the same building. Uh, that would be ideal. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty basic when it goes out to eat. I, when when a new restaurant with a good chef who I like is attached, I usually wait like four months to go out to eat. So n none of the new places I've been to, I'm just waiting to go to these places until they usually get on their second menu and they've worked out some kinks with service and stuff like that. We do the same thing. We usually wait it out unless we can buy it to go. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So and. Uh, Obviously, I'll pop in a gorilla street food anywhere they're at and, and throw down on some of that. So, yeah. Uh, I really don't go out and eat much, honestly. You know, I got two teenage boys at home, so I really don't uh, don't really get <laughs> to do too that. much. Um, <laughs> but if I do get to go out and eat, like always, uh, if I can save the money, I always go to Reed's. It's my boy Mateo, the dude kills it. The dude's food's fire. Um, yeah, I've known him for a long time and always supported him. So. 
That you beef know? cheek dish. Yeah, the beef cheek dish is one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. It's one of it's, I, I was like, you can never get rid of that it dish in your the life. The dish in St. Louis. Like, 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 you, you can never live that off the menu. <laughs> It'll never go off the menu. <laughs> you know, so fire. Yeah. Like one day I sat it's there like, and ordered four. My <laughs> dinner was four of them. Are you going to have the barbacoa? No, no, the beef cheek. Beef cheek have with the uh, the foie cream. It's the foie cream, the sun-dried tomato, arugula, uh, and uh, tomato, grilled bread, arugula. right? Oh That's what it is, right? It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. is If you go to Reed's, first of all, check it out because the dude's gangster. It's my boy. And secondly, <laughs> the other thing you need to do... The second thing you need to do is get the get the beef cheek, okay? <laughs> like, you don't have to have nothing else. Just get the Sit beef down, cheek. Sit down, say, I need a beef cheek, and then give me a menu. Right. That's, that's what, that's, that's what I, I, I recommend that order. getting the beef cheek and the cornbread because sometimes the beef cheek falls off of said toast and I like to put it on the bacon That's fair. If you, like, if you like real sexy, crispy, corn-fed, uh, I'm sorry, corn-fed, cornbread, it's pretty fire. That's from his old taste menu. And I don't think that's ever going to go away either because that's fire. It's yeah. so good. That bacon fat cornbread. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chase knows all about cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> hey, walking Ridiculous. in, seven cornbreads. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Ready, go. I, I, think, I think last time there, I ate almost the whole menu. I think I died. Yeah. I think I think I went home and died after that. <laughs> but it was so good. They, they had a lobster roll there one time. It was just incredible. Oh, I loved it. Lobster roll wasn't on it when I was there. Yeah, that's a seasonal thing. Lobster oh, yeah. rolls always yeah, like a seasonal yeah, it wasn't thing. There. It's the best one I ever had. It was just so oh, yeah. just Dude, like, like the best thing, one of the best things that, yeah. that I ever ate there was on when you had the Sunday brunch and you had the Italian beef sandwich. That was so fire. Yeah. And then and then what you wanted to do was you wanted to save the rest of the and then put your fries in it because you still had some of the cheese and stuff like that and made like a little mock poutine out of it, dude. And that was pretty fire because I did that when I was there. <laughs> that was That's where the jam's at, dude. Sure. That, 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 that Italian beef was... I miss that. They menu. had that for brunch? Yeah, that was on their brunch menu, dude. It was so fire. Is Reed still doing that? That was the jam. No, no they're not doing it anymore. Not, but that was the jam. Two months ago, I want to say. A month and a half, two months. But that was the jam, right, dude. It started getting hot. Yeah. Oh. And then he got real good at the cinnamon roll. It was like the best, one of the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had in town. Was that when Summer was there? No. No. No, no that, was, that, was, that was one of the last times I was there at brunch and Mateo was making them. Um, that's my dude. Like, dude, I was like, dude, that is like probably the best one I've had here. It was so fire. Uh, it was oh, one of my God, favorite was things so was fire. coming in for oh, Saturday and Sunday dinner service and like the brunch pastries were left out. Like, oh, oh, man. Yeah, I haven't eaten yet today? Cool. I'm going to eat four cinnamon rolls and a uh, Danish. I'm going to kill this because we got to get rid of it anyway. feel pre-diabetic. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine that'd be fire. Real solid. Real solid right there. What is your favorite place to eat? We don't really play favorites. All our children are equal in our eyes. But, but no, I mean, like, uh, we, uh, places we go to a lot. We go to Royale a lot. I mean, we both went there a lot of times. Like back in the day, that was, like, one of the places you went to. And we used to go there all the time before we even knew each other. And that's our, our first, like, real date was at the Royale. Um, so that's kind of, is there a grown-up and sexy party? Yeah. And we're, <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. It was a great date. It was a great date. I, was, I thought it was a great date, but you know, it worked out. It seemed to work out. Well, we were, make, date, we were making it at one point, and actually, Christina probably cut this part out, but we were making it at one point, and one of my people I knew walked up and said, Hey, going, Charles? Who's this? And I was like, Oh, this is. Uh, and I forgot her name no. on the date. And amazingly, we still got married. Um, but my defense was, I was so enraptured by us making out that I forgot my name. Uh, even yeah. Right, right. Like, oh man, I don't know, but I need to get back to whatever I was doing. Exactly. Just interrupted something going on. I don't like that. But yeah, no, it was very close. We were making out while the person walked up to, hey, you know, I was like, well, 
don't walk up when someone's doing that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Like, man, that's a straight blocker right there. That is yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. But no, we like we love Olio. We love uh, Reeds, of course. We love uh, Taco Circus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we love. Uh, oh man, it's kind of funny. I have to kind of look at my Instagram feed. <laughs> see all the places because we just kind of look and see how much because I'm you know I have no memory left whatsoever but um putting my spot here I can't remember places we go to I mean we go to Southern we go to uh, Grace Meat and 3 we go to Girl Street Food we go to um I, I, I still love the Blackthorn yeah. Well, I haven't been since they've done the remodel. Well, I haven't. Yeah, and I've, and I've, I've, yeah that's old school. It's old school St. Louis, but they still, they still got it. No, it, it looks a little bit draggled, um, but. But that's why you love it, though. Yeah, it is because you go in there and you just, you just go to you, you wait. Have been in there since they did the entire remodel. No. When did they do that? Recently, from what I understand, it looks nothing like what the old Blackthorn looks like. Yeah, it's been a couple years. I actually that was the only South City bar that I worked at, and I helped fill in. I was terrible at it, uh, at working at a dive bar. I was, because I was class, trained on classic cocktails. They didn't have bitters. They didn't have olives. They had yeah. oranges and lemons. And it yeah, was... They grandma. They did have grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't get so grandma, they did have my, my, my fair share of, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, but, it's a bunch you go with a bunch of friends. You fight, like, pitch the beer. Like, it's different now. Repeat. Oh, really? Yeah. You need to go look again. Okay, we need to go yeah. look again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, then, uh, and then I want to know your feedback. On what you think? Oh, thank you. But we love Benevolent King. Oh, we love Benevolent King. King. We love Vichero. We love uh, what's on the whole strip there. I mean, the, uh, oh, Russell's the Macklin, the Bow, um, Lucas Park Grill, um, Billy Jean's Barla Frere, Il Friendly. It's awesome. It's really good. It's awesome. It really is. Just Zoe and her team, no hospitality. Zoe's great. I love all of those yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Actually, I'm jealous of all of her locations. Like, I just want that. Strip on White Island. That whole dining district. The whole there. just Zoe strip on Robinson White dining district. Yeah, that's like yeah, right. nobody is doing the neighborhood thing better than Zoe Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fair. Like, yeah. The cool thing is that we actually uh, first went to uh, Bar Le Frere because one of the old Fratelli was full. Yeah. So we went across the street Quite and had a better time. We, we, we just love that place so much. Bar Le Frere. Yeah, I love it. But we love uh, we love Egg. I haven't been to Egg. I've heard It's great. We love it. It's great. Um, like uh, oh, it's getting your time. Okay, yeah, I'm, well, get, I'm getting close to time. I think. All right, man. Well, let's finish this up here. Like uh, guys, um, any final words? No, uh, you know, hopefully everybody gets to try Catalyst. I know the first one's just going to be like a soft opening for us and working out timing. Obviously, doing multi-course dining is way different. So if you didn't get an invite the first time around, there will be many more opportunities after the first of the year. Um, that's when we really plan on hitting it hard. Um, and please just keep following. Tell your friends about it. Uh, messages. Let us know that you want to do it so that we get inspired to do them sooner rather than later. Awesome, and thanks for weed stuff for talking to us. No problem. Thanks for having us talk to you. And, uh, Ray? Yeah, you know, I don't really have much. Like I said, you know, we're going to try to have some fun. And if you get to come check it out, I mean, you'll see us and talk to us. So please let us know what it is. It's the interaction part, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff that we get the feedback from. And so I don't know. If you get to check it out, let us know. If not, you'll hear about it, I'm sure. Um, no, that's it. I'll say. I'm looking forward to hosting uh, some influential chefs, uh, at least for the first dinner. Uh, I've got uh, Joel Crispo and Brian Hardesty and Noel Xavier are already going to be in attendance. Uh, I just wanted to get 
some solid chefs who I consider friends uh, so we could receive input um, from them and so it should be fun. Yeah, I think yeah, everyone pretty much already said what needs to be said here. Um, we're excited. I think we have an awesome team. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think we're really excited to just start, you know, get moving and get this thing done. It'll be here faster than we think. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, we got a month, yeah. We're doing October 21st, 22nd. 21st and 22nd. Yeah. But yeah, so. So we got a little yeah. rushing to do. Yeah, cool. yeah, follow us on uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Catalyst Restaurant. Catalyst Restaurant. Yeah. I'm Charles Guthrie with We Eat Stuff, and this has been another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. I would also like to encourage everyone to join the Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com weeatstuff. There, you can become a sponsor of this podcast and all the work we do, and be rewarded with cool stuff. We appreciate your support. Please join us next time for another interview, but in the meantime, go out there and eat some stuff. Bye!